confidence because praise God are you glad to be living for the Lord I'm thankful for the opportunity to serve the Lord praise God praise God we welcome all of our guests who are with us tonight we thank you for taking the time to be with us especially want to say Hello to my good friend, Bishop Cornwell, who's watching in Wichita. And uh, I want to thank everyone who's watching from near and far, friends from Illinois, the Bradshaw family, whom we greatly love. And uh, we're just thankful to be here. Praise God. I want to make a special announcement. This coming Sunday, we're going to have our 10 a.m online service, and we will also have our 6 p.m. online service, and we do want you to remain faithful to that. But this Sunday, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to have a drive-in service at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and we're going to fill up the parking lot here at the church, and maybe the field as well as the parking lot, and we're going to have church. Uh, you will need to stay in your car per the governor's order, and uh, that would be appreciated, and we'll have ushers that will help guide everyone to the parking spot. Everybody can be safe and worship God in their car. Just a fun time to uh, relieve some of the monotony of, of staying at home. So we will get together for a drive-in service at 2 o'clock, here at the church, and there will be ushers guiding you to the proper uh, place to park. And if you don't have a church to attend, uh, you're welcome to join us 2 o'clock this Sunday for a special drive-in church service. Somebody say praise God out there. I can't hear you, but I know you're saying it because if you're like me, we're needing to do something a little different. And so we're praying for the state of Maine and Kansas and all the states, Illinois and all the states in between. Also praying for our friends in Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and Ontario. So here we are tonight to give God praise and glory. I have a special message that the Lord gave me fresh today for you. And without any further ado, I'm opening the good book to the book of Mark chapter 5 and verse 1. I do hope that you won't be distracted and for the next few moments hear this brief message from the Word of God. In Mark chapter 5 and in verse 1, And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes, and when he was come out of the ship, Immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. And for a few moments, I have a word from the Lord for somebody who will be listening to this message. And here it is, this title, You Must Continue. Everybody say it together. You must continue. God bless you. And let's go right now into this biblical study tonight. When the Bible talks about the Gadarenes, it's actually talking about the people who were the inhabitants of Gadara. 
Gadara, remember, was on the east side of the Jordan River, the wilderness side of the Jordan River. It was the area that the Israelites came to just before crossing the Jordan into the land of promise. It was in this same area that the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh came to Moses not long before Moses died, and they made a very unusual request. They said, we have cattle, and the land on this side of Jordan is a good land for cattle. And the word of God says, Numbers 32 and 5, wherefore said they, if we have found grace in thy sight, let this land be given unto thy servants for a possession and bring us not over Jordan. And so it was that the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh asked and were granted the right to stay on the other side of promise, on the wilderness side of the Jordan River. Now, 1,452 years later, Jesus stepped out of a boat onto the sands of Gadara. And now this place that had once been so wonderful that they loved it so much that they said, we'll just stay on this side of the Jordan instead of going over into the promised land. And it's a land that's beautiful for cattle. 1,452 years later, Jesus stepped out of a boat onto the sands of Gadara and now it has become the habitation of demons and swine. I'm so thankful for each and every person who somewhere along the line gave their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. I applaud the wonderful steps you have made in your walk with Jesus Christ. But we must never forget, and we cannot forget, what the Lord has done in our lives. I'm thankful for all he has done. We sing a song in old time Pentecost. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He put a song in my heart today, a song of his praise, hallelujah. I have a word from the Lord. It is very important that you celebrate what Jesus has done. But here is the word that God has for somebody who's listening to this broadcast. We must not be content to stay where we are and just rejoice in our past victories. We must press on in our walk with God. Many years ago, Brother Paul Dugas went to be with the Lord in the year of 2006. Brother Dugas was one of my Bible instructors. And I remember one day as we were sitting in the Bible class, I remember him telling me the story of how he was in an airborne unit with the United States Army and that he jumped right into the middle of the Battle of the Bulge in World War II. I listened. I always loved to hear those stories. And I listened as he told me that he and his buddies landed in an area that was under control 
of the Nazis, and it was not where they were intended to land. They landed in a place that was very dangerous, and he said when they, when they hit the ground, it was uh, a lot of automatic rifle fire and machine gun fire, and, and uh, he said it was like a hail of lead sweeping across the area where they were. He said, I lay on my stomach, and I pressed my face against the earth. He said, I had my helmet pressed down on my head, and my body as flat to the earth as I could. And he said, everything in my body said, do not get up. If you get up, you will die. And he said, while he was laying there, he heard the voice of one of his commanders saying, come on, men, let's go. He thought, who is foolish enough to be getting up in this hail of fire? And he took his thumb and he pushed back his helmet so he could see who the fool was, who was saying, come on, men, let's go. And to his surprise, it was his commanding officer. He was walking down the road and he was motioning with his hand and said, come on, men, we've got to get out of here now. You see, the officer understood that the enemy would be zeroing in on their landing area with howitzer and cannon fire. And he knew that if they did not get up, they would all die. And so he said, come on, men, let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, it is important not only that we get saved, but it's important that we stay saved. It's not just important enough to get saved. We've got to keep on walking in the truth, walking in the word, walking in the spirit. Paul the apostle said to the Philippians, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Here's what I do. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I am reaching forth and I am pressing toward the mark. I'm continuing on. Hear me and hear me well when I say this to you. Generally, fear is not good. God has not given us the spirit of fear. And generally speaking, fear is not a good thing. There are so many promises of God in the book that tell us not to fear. But with that in mind, the Bible tells us there is indeed something we should fear. And that is a, a person who starts out to walk with God, starts out loving God, starts out walking in his truth, but fails to continue. And the Bible said, fear that. Fear that. Fear to be the person who starts out for God, but doesn't continue with God. And there's a scripture that bears this out in Hebrews chapter four and verse one. Let us therefore fear lest a promise of being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. So the word of God said the one thing that you should fear is that anybody who has entered into the rest of the Lord Jesus, if you should stop short of going on and becoming what God intends for you to become, somewhere along the way, I know you determined to live for God. 
somewhere along the way, I know you had an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. And somewhere along the way, you determined that you would become all that Christ wants you to be. Hear me. It is imperative. It is of vital importance. Oh, please hear me. It is absolutely crucial that you continue the word of God tells us in Mark chapter 12 and verse 43, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. Then he says, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept and garnished. Then goeth he, listen, and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. The Lord Jesus cautioned us that we must continue, that when an unclean spirit is taken out of your life, that you must continue with Christ. You must continue to walk with God. You've got to continue to pray. You've got to continue to read the word. You've got to attend church as God makes it possible for you to do so. You've got to hear the word and praise God and share your faith. To begin to live for God is absolutely wonderful. You did the right thing when you gave your heart and life to God. I am begging somebody under the sound of my voice to continue. God is not confused what God called you to do. He has not changed his mind. He has not altered his will. He has not said, well, I was gonna have you do this, but now I've changed my mind. God doesn't change his mind about anything. God never changed his mind about the things he revealed to you. And somebody is listening that God reveals some wonderful truth too. You cannot disregard it, turn around and begin to go a different direction. Let me tell you something that I know about God. There is no variableness with our Father. He is not given to change. He does not change his mind. What he told you a year ago is still true today. What he told you six months ago is still true today. What he told you five years ago is still true today. For every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Not only is there no variableness, there's not a, even a shadow of God turning. What he told you when you were walking in this one God apostolic tongue talking truth is still the same. It doesn't vary, not even a shadow of turning. The word of God says in the book of Psalms, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Jesus turned to his disciples one day in John chapter eight, and he said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples 
indeed. I'm telling you, the Lord laid it on my heart today that somebody would be listening and watching this message. And I am to tell you, it is imperative that you continue with what God started in your life. He said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I'm remembering the word of the writer of the book of Romans in chapter 11 and verse 22. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell severity, but toward the goodness. If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. Oh, I rejoice what God did for you so long ago. But hear me, it is so imperative that you continue. Paul wrote to the Colossian church in chapter 1 and verse 21. He said, And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled and be not moved away. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost right now from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven whereof I, Paul, and made a minister. Hear what Paul said that the promises of God are predicated on you continuing in the faith, grounded and settled and be not moved away. The land where we began to live for God, the place where we started to live for God, spiritually speaking, becomes a land of swine and demons if we do not continue. In Mark chapter 5, verse 1, and they came over onto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes, and when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. I know that there are agencies available to help folk with addictions such as Alcoholics Anonymous. There are remedies available for many sicknesses, and we thank God. But sometimes we forget that we are body, soul, and spirit. Two-thirds of our being has to do with spiritual things. We need God not only to set us free from any unclean, impure, or evil spirit. We need God to keep us free from any unclean, impure, or evil spirit. That's the only way we will stay free is if we continue in his word, continue in his goodness, continue in the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. I'm gonna stop and give God praise. Lord, I love you. I thank you for that precious soul that's watching right now. I thank you, Lord, for that precious soul that one day began their walk with you. And now, Lord, discouragement or fear or, or uh, the love of things or the call of the world or the call of the wild or, or the call of deception and delusion is trying to convince them that 
They made a mistake when they started out to follow you in this one God, Jesus name, apostolic manner, apostolic truth. But Father, there is no shadow of turning with you. There is no variableness. And I know that their well-being depends upon them continuing in the faith. Paul wrote the Galatians in chapter one and verse six. He said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into another gospel. He said, I marvel that you were so soon removed to another gospel. But then verse seven, he says, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. I am more concerned with folks who are dealing with a perversion of the gospel than folks who do not have the gospel at all. There is something deceptive about the perverted gospel. He said, it is not truly the gospel, but they would pervert the gospel of Christ. When you look at that word, when you look at this word, Pervert means to alter or change something from its original course. In other words, the devil knows he can't get some of you to go out and do very, very horrible things. So what he wants to do is pervert the gospel so that you will believe in a gospel that does not save. You will believe in a gospel that cannot heal. You will believe in a gospel that will not bring you all the way to the streets of gold. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is more dangerous for those uh, to be deceived by a perverted gospel than it is for an outright sinner because an outright sinner is lost uh, and he knows he's lost. Uh, but those who fall to a perverted or a contorted or a twisted or a changed gospel are lost uh, and they do not know they are lost. Therefore, Paul wrote and said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you to another gospel, which is not another. And then he goes on to say in verse eight, listen to how strongly the apostle Paul says it. You think I'm being strong. Look what the apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter one, verse eight. Though we or an angel from heaven Preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you. Let him be accursed. I can see right now that folks would be up in arms if a preacher got up and said that to his congregation. If anybody preaches any other gospel than that which I've preached unto you, even if it's an angel from heaven, let him be accursed. But that's exactly what the apostle Paul said. And I am preaching to somebody that needs to be sure that you continue in the pure gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins and the receiving of the Holy Ghost. And then Paul doubles down and he said, as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. And so he says it twice. If you want to know the gospel that Paul preached, just read Acts chapter 19, where he comes to a group of believers. And he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we don't even know what you're talking about, man. 
He said, well, until what were you baptized? They said, hey, we were baptized by John the Baptist. Paul looks at them and says, well, that was a baptism under repentance. That John the Baptist preached, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when they heard this, Paul laid his hands upon them. They received the Holy Ghost and spoke with tongues. And then Paul commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so when Paul said, though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you. Let him be accursed. And read Acts 19 again, and you will see the gospel that Paul preached was the same gospel that Peter preached in Acts chapter 2. I don't understand why anybody would allow a spirit to come along and give them a perverted gospel. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1, here's what the Paul, Paul the apostle wrote again to the Galatians. He said, oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? Folks, this is not just an individual take on the gospel. There's only one gospel. He said, oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? He said, have you suffered so many things in vain? If it be yet in vain, he's telling them, you cannot walk away from the truth. You've got to obey the truth. You've got to stay with this book, not just a half gospel, not a part of the gospel, not even a John the Baptist gospel. You've got to have the New Testament whole plan of salvation, and God wants you to have it. He loves you. He cares for you. It's the word of God. Then he says in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 7, he said, you did run well. Who did hinder you? I notice he doesn't say what hindered you. You may think uh, the reason I stopped going to that church is this and this and this. You can say that all day long till the cows come home. But Paul said, who who, not what, who hindered you that you should not obey the truth? He realized that, that this persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. He said, this persuasion doesn't come from him that called you. I'm going to remind you that Jesus himself said, he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Listen to me. I'm preaching to somebody who knows exactly what God is saying to you. Hear me today. Hear me. God did not call you to make you miserable. God did not call you to see how miserable he could make you. God called you for the exact opposite purpose. Here's what the Bible says in Deuteronomy 7, 7. The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people, for you were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God didn't call you to make you miserable. He called you because he loved you. He called you so that he could bless you. 
hear the word of the Lord. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. When the devil tells you that living for God according to the biblical plan is too hard, he's lying to you. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and to give it more abundantly to you. The people who are going to make it through this pandemic, the people who are going to survive and thrive are going to be the covenant people of God. Don't let that wolf lure you away from the flock. Don't let that lion who is growling and roaring as a roaring lion get you to walk away out of the will of God. By God's grace, I command you in Jesus' name, continue. By God's grace, you can make it. By God's grace, you will make it. But you must continue. I felt that so strong that I must preach this tonight. I was in my study praying, and the Lord spoke to me and said, preach this. There's somebody watching that needs to hear this message. And so I want to sing a song to go with this, and then we're going to be done tonight. But oh, I hope that somebody hears my voice. I want to save somebody a whole lot of trouble. I want to save somebody a whole lot of sorrow. Only the strong are going to make it. Only the brave are going to win. So why don't you stand up and fight till you can't fight any longer and stand up and fight again Jesus knew that you had what it takes to make it I'm talking to you he knows you've got what it takes that's the reason why he called your name Oh, he knew you'd serve him in the sunshine. Now he's hoping that you'll serve him in the rain. So that you and he together could win over and over again. You're gonna make it Cause you've got what it takes To win <laughs> And I know that you're You're gonna make it You're, you're gonna make it 
as long as you and Jesus stay friend. Come on, join with me. Oh, you're gonna make it. Come on, I want you to say you're gonna make it. Cause you've got what it takes to win. As long as you and Jesus stay friends. So continue. You've got to continue. Don't let the spirit of discouragement. During this time when maybe you've not been able to get to the house of God like you'd like to, God loves you still. Make a prayer place right now. Find a place to talk to God. No matter when it was that you started out to live for the Lord, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Keep believing in what you know is true keep believing oh I feel the Lord I know the Lord will see you through when trials rise in your life and you don't know what to do you'll be fine just keep believing. Well, that's it for this evening's broadcast, and we love you so much. And Brother Stoops wants you to know that if you need prayer, if you'll let us know, you can email me at dsmain at aol.com, and I'll pray with you, or you can private message me on Facebook. You can call the church and they'll pass the word to me at 622-1721. But I want you to know that Jesus loves you and the most important thing that you can do is continue. And I hope that anybody that's close enough that doesn't have a church service of their own to go to, I'd like to fill the parking lot Sunday at two o'clock and fill the field up too. And we'll just have a shouting Holy Ghost time. We might even have some Holy Ghost peel outs. But I'll tell you what, it's gonna be a great time. Hallelujah. And don't forget our 10 a.m. online service, Eastern time and 6 p.m. God bless you. Thank you for loving the Lord. You must continue. Confidence because